And welcome back, everybody, to the Know-It-All Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Jerry, the Fantasy Football Know-It-All. I can be found on Twitter, at FFKnowItAll. You can also email the show directly, knowitallfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Happy Saturday, everybody, and fall is setting in. This is the weekend where we do um, turn back the clocks, of course, and you get an extra hour of sleep coming up to tonight or tomorrow morning, however you look at it, but it's always welcome on a Sunday. And for those of you who are into football as much as I am, then it is a busy, busy day tomorrow, especially with the fantasy season. You got to set your lineups. You got to take a look at injuries. And the the podcast today will focus on those injuries and what we know so far as of recording this on uh, Saturday morning. It is just about afternoon as I'm recording this now. So hopefully this is as up to date as we can get before a final word starts coming in later tonight or tomorrow. And we'll take a, a really good look at the entire NFL as far as injuries go. And as promised, I did say we would go over what we got right and what we got wrong so far. And we'll take a quick look at some of those. And as I mentioned, I missed big on a couple of players and we'll discuss that. But we'll also talk about what uh, what I did bring to the table as far as getting stuff right and what might have helped you in uh, in your quest for the championship. But before we get into any of that, I want to remind everyone that the Know-It-All Fantasy Football Podcast is a proud member of the Skull King Podcasting Network. Make sure you check out www.skullkingsports.com for coverage on all major sports, collegiate athletics, auto racing, boxing, MMA fighting, much, much more. There's also a comprehensive fantasy football uh, section there where you can check out articles. You can take a look at the rankings that are posted there, all the tools that you will need to secure that championship. That's www.skullkingsports.com. Aaron Rodgers out at least one week with the COVID-19 virus, so he'll miss this week's game. He may also miss next week's game as the earliest he's designated to come back is next Saturday. There are still questions regarding whether or not he violated league rules regarding his vaccination status. So if you're the Rodgers owner, hopefully you're able to pivot to either Daniel Jones or Tua or if Joe Burrow is available in your league or somebody like that. Sure, you could take a chance on Jordan Love, but we don't know what to expect there. So hopefully you have another option available to you. As more details come to light on this, I will post it. And uh, yeah, so make sure you keep your eyes on it. You could downgrade everybody in the passing game here. I think that means more work for Aaron Jones and to a lesser degree, A.J. Dillon. I definitely like the running backs with Jordan Love in there. Devontae Adams has been removed from the COVID protocol. He's expected to play. Uh, For the Giants, Saquon Barkley not expected to play this week. He has uh, not only his injury, his ankle, but also a COVID situation going on there with him as well. Sterling Shepard also out for Big Blue. Kadarius Toney, though, limited and remains questionable with an ankle injury, but hopefully he can go. He can be electric when he's out there. Kenny Galladay and John Ross should both be active for Sunday's game. I'm not interested in either of them. You guys know this, so I'll just move on. James Robinson is not trending in the right direction for the Jaguars. Looks like Carlos Hyde is the back to play this week. If you can get him, he might be on waivers and a good streaming option for you. 
Eli Mitchell has not practiced with any contact for the 49ers, so his availability is also in question. Watch out for Jeff Wilson because he might play. I wouldn't start him this week unless Mitchell can't go, but even so, he's just coming back, being on the pup list and everything else. It's a risky bet, but if you're starving at running back, maybe you have no other choice. George Kittle expected to play this week. I don't know if he's a top three, four tight end anymore, but certainly a top 10 option. And if you have him, you're going to play him unless you have somebody else on your team worth starting. Debo Samuel, questionable with a calf injury. I expect him to play. A.J. Brown, questionable again with an illness. He just can't stay healthy. I mean, he's been playing and he's been playing great when he's on the field, but he may not play this week. Julio Jones, however, is expected to make a return for the Titans. Nikhil Harry and Nick Folk, questionable for the Patriots. Sam Darnold, still in concussion protocol for the Panthers. Now, Christian McCaffrey could return this week, although I don't know what to expect if he does. If he doesn't return this week, he should be ready to go for week 10. I want to spend a minute on McCaffrey, though. When he comes back, do not expect 2019 Christian McCaffrey. You're not going to get him, regardless of whether or not he's back at 100%. They're not going to run him that way. And even if they do, he's been injured so much the past two years, I don't think he's going to be as effective. Yes, you're starting him, and certainly he's a top 10 option, but I don't believe at this point he's warranted of a top three finish uh, down the stretch. Again, you're playing him but maybe you can trade him. If he comes back and has a good game, he might gain a very high value on the draft market, something that we could discuss next week. DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray will be game-time decisions for the Cardinals. A.J. Green is out after testing uh, positive for COVID-19. Latavius Murray still recovering from an ankle injury for Baltimore. I don't expect him to suit up this week. Rashad Bateman hasn't practiced all week. He's questionable. Sammy Watkins has returned to practice and is expected to play. Tua Tagovailoa has a swollen finger on his throwing hand, but should play this week. Devontae Parker has been placed on IR. Taysom Hill cleared to play for the Saints, but in a backup capacity, at least for this week. I think this is just precautionary. Trevor Simeon is not going to knock everybody's socks off here. I believe that Taysom Hill is still worth a stash and should be a great play moving forward rest of season, unless something crazy happens in New Orleans. Calvin Ridley remains out due to a personal issue. Robert Woods, questionable for the Rams, but he should play. Dak Prescott looks good to go for the Cowboys, while both Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, questionable heading into Sunday's action. David Montgomery could see a return in a limited capacity for the Bears, something to keep an eye on if you own Khalil Herbert. Damian Williams is pretty much droppable at this point. Eric Ebron and Ben Roethlisberger, both limited for Pittsburgh. I expect Big Ben to suit up and be fine, even if he's not great for fantasy. Ebron is not the tight end to start in the Steelers lineup. That designation belongs to uh, Pat Fryermuth. For those of you who run a business, you most likely have an outdated website set up if you even have one running at all. That's where the folks at Bove Design come into play. They have all the tools that you need to set your business up for success. You can find samples of their custom work on Instagram at bove.design. That's B-O-V-E dot design. Whether it's a new site from scratch 
upgrades to an older website or custom artwork such as banners or logos, Bove Design has got you covered. Hit Rob the Owner up on Instagram and find out how they can help you to help your business. That's Bove.Design, B-O-V-E dot design. And now, as promised, we will go ahead and talk about what I got right versus what I got wrong. And we'll start with the bad and we'll work our way back to the good. That way we'll end on a good note here. So we'll start with what I got wrong. And at the top of that list is Mr. Jonathan Taylor. Listen, I got up on a soapbox and I said that he was not an RB1. He wasn't going to be the bell cow there in uh, Indianapolis. And it started out that way. He wasn't looking great the first four games or so. Since then, he's been on an absolute tear. And this guy is now the number two overall running back in fantasy behind only Derrick Henry. He's getting it done in the passing game. He's getting it done on the ground. He's scoring touchdowns. He is absolutely electric. I will take the L and the lump on that one. I was wrong on Jonathan Taylor. I will spin it this way. If you're lucky enough to have him in a, a fantasy uh, on a fantasy team that is in a, a dynasty league or a keeper league, try trading him at this high value. I'm not saying it won't continue for a couple of seasons. It very well might. But if you're in a dynasty league and your team isn't doing well, but you have him, his value may never, ever be higher than it is right now. Just food for thought, really. In redraft leagues, you're not trading him. You're going to run him out there. He should finish. He, he now is my number one rest of season running back, and it's not even close, guys. Calvin Ridley is another guy I got wrong. Even before these personal issues that are keeping him off the field, he wasn't getting it done for Atlanta. Part of it's Atlanta's offense. Matt Ryan has looked spotty at times. Yeah, there, there have been emergences of uh, Corderell Patterson for whatever that's worth. And of course, Kyle Pitts. Ridley should have been the top dog there. And I thought he was. I was going to draft him higher than Tyreek Hill, but Mark Miller beat me to it. Mark, you did me a favor. Hats off to you, bro. I appreciate you. Another wide receiver I was wrong about, Jamar Chase. Look, he looked terrible in the preseason. Stripes on the football, not catching anything. They were talking about how he might run behind Auton Tate. All of that, I watched it and saw it, and I bought into it to a certain degree. I called him a bust. I was wrong. He's currently the wide receiver three on the season. He's locked and loaded as an every week must start. Miles Gaskin, I thought, would be much better than he is. He's just not getting the work that I thought he would get there in Miami. That could change now with Malcolm Brown on IR. But even so, he has underperformed, and we're going to call that an L. Eli Mitchell, I told you not to spend all that fab on him. And while I'm still not a fan of spending your entire budget on a replacement-level guy like that, he has come through for you uh, two of the last three weeks at least, and he's got three 100-yard games under his belt. So for now at least, he's worth starting. I'll take a loss. And the last guy is C.D. Lamb. I had him as a top five guy, but here, you know what? When you consider everything, Dallas is changing the way they do their offense. They're not so pass heavy. They're not playing from behind. Defense is playing better. All of that factors in, but Lamb is not a top five wide receiver, possibly not even a top 10 or 15. He's right now in the low 20s for me, and that's probably where he'll finish. I have him at number 21 rest of season. We'll see how that works out, but I'll take an L. Now let's on, go on to what I got right. And I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. Justin Fields, you all know if you've heard me talk about it, I don't think he's good at football, period. Now that doesn't mean he's not good for fantasy. 
he hasn't been. He's been an absolute dud. He's been cut on numerous rosters, and people just don't have the room and are losing patience with him. His last game was good. He had a really good rushing game. He's going against Pittsburgh. I don't know what that means. He may have a poor game against that defense. Either way, Justin Fields, for now at least, uh, I told you not to start him, not even to roster him. And hopefully you listened and didn't trot him out there when he had his really, really bad games. I don't think he's very good. I don't think he's the answer for Chicago, but that is a conversation for another time. I'll leave it at this. Wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints in 2024. You heard it here first. Saquon Barkley. I screamed and yelled that you can't take this guy first and second round. He was coming off of a horrific injury, and we just didn't know. He got off to a slow start, didn't play in the first couple of games. Once he did, he looked halfway decent, then he got hurt again. Yeah, he hasn't come through for you. So, unfortunately, if you got him, you've had to spend a high draft pick on him, and it's not working out for you. Chances are you're middle of the road at best. Kenny Galladay is another one. Now he wasn't a high draft pick, but I told you, There are better wide receivers to take in that mid-range, and he hasn't been on the field. So I don't expect anything from Galladay moving forward. Anyway, Ezekiel Elliott. Now, I did not call him a bust, so I want to clarify. All I said was taking him in the first round might not be such a good idea because he's not a top five running back. Right now, he's at running back 10. He is firmly entrenched in a split with Tony Pollard. Yeah, it might be 60-40 in favor of Zeke. But it's still a split nonetheless. He's coming through for you, and he is a low-end RB1. But you were taking him at 4 or 5 overall. I would have taken Aaron Jones first. I know he got hurt, but I would have taken Nick Chubb before him. And as it turns out, I should have, and we all should have, taken Jonathan Taylor before Zeke as well. I said don't take a quarterback too soon. I named and called out Pat Mahomes. He was going in the first round in some drafts, second round in others. My goodness. I mean, that if you're taking a quarterback that high, he needs to have a record season to make it worth it. He is a quarterback four on the season, which looks great on paper, but it's not worth an early round pick if you sacrifice at running back or wide receiver. You could have got Josh Allen later on. You could have gotten Tom Brady way later on, which is what I did, and he is currently the quarterback one. So again, Taking a quarterback early is not the way I go about business. It's not the way you win championships. You get lucky once in a while, not often. I mentioned how Mike Williams was way better than a 10th or 11th round draft pick. He is in the top five at wide receiver. Now he's dropping down. He's had a couple of bad games in a row. A lot of that has to do with Justin Herbert. But as we as we know, Things can change. And Mike Williams looked really, really good. He got injured too, so you got to consider that. But Mike Williams is a hit right now, and hopefully he can continue to give you, uh, provide you with points so that you win. I told you to wait on tight end, and a, a possible guy to pick up was Dawson Knox. I loved what I saw at the end of last year. The Bills wanted to target their tight end. Yeah, he's out. The, the He missed last game. He's going to miss this week with his hand injury. But that all that being said, he is overperforming his draft position. And that's all you really want here. I mentioned Sterling Shepard in the same regard. Yes, he's hurt. But when he's out there, he does get you points. The last thing I want to bring up here is, uh, at least on what I got right around draft time, was Debo Samuel over Brandon Ayuk. I screamed and yelled that Debo was the better receiver. He fit the scheme better. I liked him better. 
and it's not even close at this point. Ayuk is droppable in most leagues, while Debo is a top five wide receiver. So I will take that one and run to the bank. A couple of beat the waiver wire guys I, I want to talk about before we close out the, the show. And if you had listened to me on the beat the waiver wire, or as I like to call it, the early bird waiver wire for the following week, you would have gotten Khalil Herbert when everybody was starting Damian Williams. So you would have had Herbert on your team, who is the running back one now in Chicago with Montgomery coming back, but we don't know how he's going to look. Dalton Schultz is another guy that I would have had you pick up a couple of weeks beforehand. Zach Ertz is another guy. I said, pick him up because he could get traded at the trade deadline and bam, he got traded before that. So that is another guy that you could have picked up and had a tight end on your roster. Now, this was a one-week thing, but it could have won you your week. And that is Dearness Johnson. I had him two weeks in advance. Alex Collins, while he's not lighting the world on fire, he is the number one back there in uh, Seattle. You could have had him a couple of weeks before because I told you Chris Carson had a neck injury and he was possibly going on IR. And lo and behold, he went on IR. So those are just a couple of the beat waiver wire guys that I do want to discuss. And no, we can't all be 100% right. Nobody is. I just wanted to go over what I got right versus what I got wrong. And we'll talk more about this at the end of the year. Just... Be diligent in what you watch. Don't doubt your eyes. What you see is what you should believe. Don't listen to the hype. There's hype all over everything. Take Kenny Galladay. You could listen to a dozen shows. And if Kenny Galladay is active, maybe eight of the 12 are going to tell you start him on name only. Well, that's ridiculous. He hasn't done anything to warrant that out in New York. I don't expect him to. So yeah, take with a grain of salt everything you hear. I only tell you what I see, and not that that's better or worse than anybody else, but I can only tell you what I believe, not by stats, but by film. Stats are great, but they need to be backed up by how they look as well. Sometimes, like Jordan Howard last week, two touchdowns. Am I telling you to start him? Absolutely not, because he doesn't look good on film. It was a game script type thing. So just keep that in mind. And that's going to wrap up today's show. Hopefully you found this very insightful and helpful and you are well uh, versed and locked and loaded and ready to win your week and cruise to that fantasy championship. And please continue to do everything that you can do to dominate your competition. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to the show. Kevin, Chris and Temi for the music, both designed for the logo, Matt Bacon for the concept and color scheme. And all of you, you guys make this show what it is. I couldn't be more grateful or thankful for that. So enjoy your football tomorrow. Have a great weekend. And I will talk to you guys next week. Never